So did you get to see Hamilton yet? Not yet. Are you, do you I'm have, going, do you, but... You, you must have your tickets. A friend bought them, so yes, I have tickets. <laughs> a friend who's better organized at theater tickets than I am, so... When I have you, to check. I think it's later in March. Oh, so I, I gotta wait till like May. I'm, I'm almost at the end of the run. I may be overpromising myself. It could potentially be April. Oh, we, I haven't checked. You, just, you gotta like circle that in the I calendar. I have to totally put that you in my gotta, calendar. Like, make sure you I know. schedule vacations around that. I know. You only get one kick at that can. Welcome to wherever you are. My name is Ryan McNeil in Toronto, Canada. You are listening to episode 242 of the Matinee Cast. It's the movie-loving podcast and my movie-loving website, thematinee.ca, your home for cinematic passion and perspective. The city I live in is a strange one. It has trouble keeping up with the 21st century demands, it continues to price out the middle class, and its citizenry seems to raise complaining to an art form. So you may ask, why do I live here? Well, for my money, it's because it has an arts and culture scene that is absolutely world-class. If that's your thing, and by now I hope you have gleaned that that is my thing, there are galleries and concerts and shows and music and yes, films to be soaked up in every single corner of this mixed up little town. That's where today's guest comes in. While I first met her because of our mutual love of film, she has a wild field of vision for culture. She brings us uh, wonderful dispatches and daily glimmers into everything from Shakespeare productions to concerts featuring Stevie Wonder and Prince covers. Her thirst for art in all forms is unquenchable and her dispatches come at a time where less and less of that scene is being covered by the local press that is struggling to keep up. My guest's arrival on this show is far overdue, but also greatly anticipated. So please welcome the proprietress of HighMusings.ca, Heidi Morales, to the show. How are you? Oh, well, hello. Hello. Thanks for having me. I, I mean, I'm, I'm happy you could fit us in. Like, along with the fact that you told me about all of your, your work shenanigans, I just, I look <laughs> at, and, you know, like I said, aren't you at a show right now? Isn't there a matinee? I sleep, you a, know. A gallery opening or something? <laughs> is there a pop-up happening that you need I to know. cover? I'm, I'm missing out on something, I'm sure, but that's also the fun like part of being in Toronto, like you said, that there's so many opportunities that we can't be everywhere at yeah, once, right? It's, it's crazy. Like, and that's mm. what I'm saying. There's something going on right now that you're not at. And I maybe forgot about something as that's, well. I right? hate when that happens. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, welcome. On episode 242, we're going to be discussing the photograph. We'll be turning the record over to play the other side. But first, we need to learn about Heidi. This is Know Your Enemy. What is the first film you can remember seeing in the theater? Uh, the first film I have ever saw in the theater was E.T., so I am dating myself here. That's okay. I, I'm, I prefer so, to... It's been a while since I've had somebody of my own generation answer <laughs> that question. Yeah. I think I heard The Notebook a few too many uh, times. I'm crying now. <laughs> <laughs> E.T. in a theater. E.T., okay. that was my very first. I've obviously watched watching... I grew up watching a lot of movies at right. home. But that was definitely the first memory I have of cinema. And what do you remember about the experience? Like, where was it for starters? Um, my home country of birth, which is Guatemala, and it was a downtown theater with my father, I believe. Okay. I just remember it being, I just remember sitting, feeling small in the seat with this huge screen in front of me, and then lights go down, music, visuals, and I'm like, who's this little alien? 
Right. And I was so captivated by the look of E.T. that I just kind of wanted to be his friend. Were you frightened at all watching that? Because that movie, like, it's a wonderful movie, but there's some moments that get kind of intense for kids. I don't remember feeling afraid. I think there were parts of it that I probably missed out because I was fairly young. I must have been, like, about five-ish, six. Okay. Like, I don't remember the exact age. So I wouldn't remember, I don't remember feeling scared. Yeah. And it wasn't until I've seen the film now as a grown-up several times that I realized, oh, yeah, there were scenes that were probably a little... Intense. Intense, but I probably... Maybe I looked away. I don't know. But I don't remember feeling scared. I mean, it's it's the crazy thing, because on the one hand, I find that kids do get um, intimidated a little bit easier. Like, you'll find that a lot of the Disney cartoons or a lot of the animated features that they'll see, right. something that a grown-up looks and goes, oh, that's not really scary. That just absolutely petrifies them. But then, on the other hand, you have children that aren't as affected by some of the things that affect a grown-up, like when a film like E.T. kind of starts going dark. Right. Later on, especially. Like, when the feds show up, that's usually when things yeah. start really kind of getting tense. Right. The kids are like, yeah, it's fine. He's sick. It's okay. But meanwhile, the grown-ups are, like, sobbing. Yeah, it's so, true. So children have a little bit more resources where those Right, that's concerned. true. I guess uh, also imagination, right? Like. Yeah. 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 Um, do you remember anything about, like, differences of uh, seeing a film in, like, Guatemala versus here? Was there any little things that stand out? Other than the obvious bad dubs. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I grew up watching a lot of those 80 action flicks, too. Okay. And they they were dubbed? They were dubbed. Oh, man, that must have been amazing. It's just, now that I think about (laughs) it, I'm like, well, that was to me the reality of, you know, what they would be saying anyway. I didn't understand that it would have been dubbed, right? But um, they were still pretty epic and fun. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure the sense of humor was tailored to the audience more than, obviously, the Americans. You must have had a field day, whatever it was, last week or the week before when that conversation was going on on Twitter about dubs versus subtitles. Oh, right. Right? Yeah, I, I know. I remember I, know. I, yeah. I stayed out of that. I'm like, this is a good day to stay out Yeah, me too, though. But when I looked at it, I thought to myself, I, as long as somebody is experiencing a film, to me... That's that, that that's the most important part. Sure, yeah. And I can imagine that there are people who that was their reality was they didn't have a choice of it being subtitled exactly. versus dubbed. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean I've come to appreciate subtitles now. Oh, yeah. So now by default I will not. Yeah. But have but them. when you were younger yeah. you didn't have a choice in the matter. No. So no. Mm-hmm. They were still fun. All right. What was one of the last movies you saw? Um at home, actually, for a review, I saw uh, what's it called Standing Up, Falling Down with Billy Crystal and Ben Schwartz. Just opened this weekend. I, I yeah. saw that on your site this yeah. morning. Um, what is that movie about? Because I, I know I've seen details about it, but seeing it on your site was actually the first uh, information I saw about it at all. I would probably call it a dramedy. Okay. Uh, in that we have these really great chemistry between Schwartz and Crystal. Uh, so Schwartz is sort of this kind of failed comic and um, goes back home to live with his parents and sister and feels kind of defeated and becomes friends with this older man at the local bar, okay. like Billy Crystal. And it's sort of is this sort of the story of each of these characters, but kind of combined with their friendship at the same time. Okay. And then it kind of just goes from there, from some sad moments, funny moments. And, and you dug it, I'm guessing. Yeah, I actually thought it was really well done. And I, you know, it's nothing I've never seen in the past. Right. And it's, so it's not groundbreaking, but I think it's kind of a nice little break from some of the other stuff. Was this, and you said 
Is this in theaters right now? Because this was, again, on your site, that was the first I was hearing about it. It's at the Carlton, I think, right now. Okay, so it's getting like a small run. I think so, okay. yeah. Ben Schwartz is kind of a crazy one because every time I see him, I just think of him on Parks and Rec. Oh, right. Which is like... Oh, it's, right. Yeah, yes. which is really not his demeanor <laughs> like that. Like, right, no, I understand. John yeah. Raphael really is a character, mm-hmm. and I kind of... There's there's actors like him who I really have to tip my hat to because mm-hmm. the first time I come across them, they're so deeply embedded in a character that I think to myself, I don't like this person. Like that character oh, yeah, is so off-putting mm-hmm. that 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 has to be so much of who they are. And and John Ralphio is one of those. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of good to see that he was able to like immerse himself in something and then right. he has range that that's not just him oh yeah for sure yeah i actually like watching him in this movie okay yeah he's pretty likable okay i'll have to give that one yeah. i mean i like billy crystal so i'll definitely have to yeah he's been, he's been away for a while for sure uh what is one of the worst movies you've ever seen i don't know i've seen a lot of bad movies and sometimes <laughs> some sometimes there are bad but they're good bad okay. street tease with demi moore oh man i remember and then that it just all came back about honestly how bad that film was and it was also I saw it with somebody that kind of pushed us to rent the video like a group of us anyway I saw that in a theater I actually paid money you paid your I hard-earned paid my, cash. Yeah, my hard-earned teenage cash wow. for that movie yeah, yeah. Um, I, I feel like it's been a minute since that movie. Tell people what that opus was about in case they've either completely forgotten or if they weren't born <laughs> I, yet. I don't, yeah, I don't want to bore anyone with this one. <laughs> oh, but no, it's please more, do. But it's more about... So, you know, I actually liked Demi more as an actor. I thought she, she could have done something better. But um, So this movie is actually based on a satirical story, but it didn't come across that way, <laughs> in my opinion. No. Where she... Um, Demi Moore plays, I think she she was an admin person in the FBI or worked in the office somewhere. And um, she loses custody of her daughter when she divorce, divorces this really sleazy guy. And um, she can't make, you know, she can't make money to cover her legal bills, so she starts stripping. It's just handled in a way that is just, make it makes me cringe now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah, so... It just kind of goes from there, and it's sort of her trying to... And then I think she gets embroiled in some kind of um, dark story. I don't want to give that much away. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case people really want to go check it out. Um, Um, But, yeah. It's it's crazy because I look at... Like, I pull this one out of my memory. You know, these are repressed, repressed memories that we are dusting off here of this movie. Um, And I think about a movie like Hustlers. Oh, right? for sure. And I'm like, on the surface, these kind of feel like they could be cut from the same cloth, mm-hmm. but they are just such night and day in terms of the story they're telling, in terms of the yeah. story telling at, at hand. Yeah. Um, you know, she's, on, like, on the surface, the, the way you describe that, if it was given to the right storyteller, it probably could be a halfway decent movie. For sure, um, for sure. Unfortunately, that's not what happened when Andrew Bergman made his movie in 1996. This movie, I remember it just being clobbered by critics. Uh, It was, she kind of, she brought upon this really unfair bullseye on herself because I remember her payday for this movie was really big. Oh yeah, she was paid a lot. Which at the time was a boatload for for an actor to show up in a movie. And that kind of just seemed to invite the scorn. Mm-hmm. And I mean, anytime an actor gets a big payday, yeah, they're sure. already they're already begging it's like to be bullseye. Yes, yeah. yeah. But I, you know, at the time, she was the first woman to do it, so I think that was just yeah. one. 
even more on it. And yeah, it's just this, you know, sophomoric mm -hmm. movie of watching Demi Moore drop her kit every four or five scenes. Yeah. So, oh man, yeah, that's a, a thank you for reminding me of that garbage. Yeah, sorry, and, uh, no, but good, you're welcome. Good answer, because I think actually in 200 some odd shows, I think that's the first time striptease has ever been mentioned on Like I said, show. I had to go through my list of things. Oh man, to dig well this one. done, very well yeah. done. Um, what is a classic or essential film that you have not yet seen? Uh, in terms of classics, I've not seen 12 Angry Men. Hmm. And I, I see it listed in a lot of, you know, top films of all time. And it's not because I'm not interested. I think it's just, I think of it, and then it goes off my radar, and then I just forget that I kind of want to see it. Right. right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've had, you're probably like me. There's always a list of sure. movies you want to see, mm -hmm. and you will never touch bottom. Right. Right. And it's, it's as much about, for me, maybe for you, it's as much about your own personal whim mm -hmm. as it is about trying to, to dig through these bibliographies and filmographies and whatever. Because, I mean, you could go home tonight and find 12 Angry Men on demand or on sure. Netflix or right. get it, get mm -hmm. a copy of it, or, you know, a hard copy of it, God forbid. Right. Um, and, and scratch that off your list. But you know, maybe I, maybe this show wore you out and you're not really in the mood, or maybe mm -hmm. you're doing it just to say you did it. And then it's like, you're not actually in the right headspace to enjoy something like this. Mm -hmm. Not that it's a complicated movie or anything like right, that, right. but mm -hmm. it's that balance of, are you watching it to say you watched it or you watched it because you want to in that moment? Exactly. Um, so, I mean, the good news is it's, it is what you think it is, right? It is, it is 12 dudes arguing in a room mm -hmm. and showing how that can be a cinematic experience because right. you wouldn't think it would be. Sure, but I can also envision it as a play, right? Oh yeah, which I think it was. I at believe some point, it. But, yeah, um, yeah. I, I believe if yeah. it wasn't, if it didn't start as a play, it certainly became one. Right. And I mean, it's been redone on TV a few for times. Sure, for sure. Um, I mean, I always come back to how it's cool of that was the first film by Sidney Lumet. Mm. Like that, that was his directorial debut. Right. It's like, you know, way to come out swinging. I know. Um, so I, you know, and I always I've been saying the same thing about this kind of thing when I ask this question you're you're the first uh first time guest i've had on here in a little bit so it's i, I come back to this question right um, i envy people who who get to who still get to watch something like 12 angry men for the first time and then be sort of wowed by it yeah you know, just in general like just, just, to, just to have that first experience like right. every i'm gonna watch it again and i'll notice things that i didn't notice the first time sure but there's still nothing like that double barrel impact Absolutely. That first watch. True. That's that a good one. I, I don't think that's come up in that question either. You're doing well. Nicely done. Look at you. I do my homework. Uh, yes, you do. She has copious notes, people. Um, okay, last but not least for now, what is the film that for any rhyme or reason you wish you had made? I think I had uh, trouble with this question, but not because it's tough or like it's problematic. It's just more, is it a film that exists or doesn't exist? Mm. Film that exists. Because it looks fun. I I thought of a couple if it was definitely films that were made, action films. I okay. think it must be this childhood thing, but <laughs> Red or John Wick. Just oh, because wow. I think Red because you're working with older actors that were established in the genre okay. of action, uh, but they look like they're having so much fun that it must have been such a fun production right. overall. I haven't seen Red. Oh, okay. <laughs> I recommend it. I really liked it. I, I yeah. yeah. I know Malkovich is supposed to be amazing in it. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, over the top a little bit, but he goes full Malkovich. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> and I haven't seen it in a while, but I've seen it more than once. Okay. Um, so you have like Helen Mirren, Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, and, and all all just having fun. They're all having fun, and they're almost like, I think they're like guns for hire, and it's sort of just this, and they travel to, I think, yeah, they travel to Russia, I think, in the first one, so they're wearing this great costumes and it's just the look of it is kind of a little over the top but it's fun at the same time and they're just kind of really vibing off of each other like you can tell they're just really enjoying that so why those two because you know kind of like my whole intro to, to you on this show was about galleries <laughs> and classical music. It's like, and I'm not talk going, about John Wick and I know, Rand. I did not pick, I like... Rock, I'm like, no, Yeah, you know, and I didn't pick, you layers. know, like, Hu <laughs> Shaoshen, you know, but... Yeah. Um, whom I also love. But yes. I think it's because it looks... Um, from the perspective of the production, it's location. Okay. Um, it's just planning out the sequences because I actually think action sequences can be pretty interesting and artistic in their own right. Oh yeah. So and sure, the you know there's guns and stuff, but it's I think it just seems like a really fun production okay. to be a part of. Nice. I, yeah. I Nothing think... that deep. No, but I mean, you know what? It's yeah. like there's a there's a high level of craft into something that looks so silly you know right. what i mean mm-hmm. it's it's the difference between a really good hamburger and a really crappy hamburger sure you know mm-hmm. so yeah if you if you were the person cooking this particular hamburger and you chose the meat and you toasted yeah. the bun just so you're going to come up with something that's delicious right. not at all nutritious or 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 you know culturally For sure. no. but but certainly like really really good and enjoyable yeah. So, all right. That's, yeah. <laughs> thank you for keeping me on my toes. Um, well, okay. that's a bit about Heidi. We'll uh, yeah. we'll get more about her when she comes next time. Um, <laughs> but we have a film to talk about. Um, come on, right back after this, we're going to talk about the photograph on the new slang after this. Baby, I'm so glad you're here. Baby, I've got something to say, my dear. Baby. The Photograph is directed and written by Stella Maggie. It stars Issa Rae, Lakeith Stanfield, Shantae Adams, Rob Morgan, uh, Yolan Noel, Courtney B. Vance, and Lil Ray Howery. It is the story of Christina Eames. As the movie begins, Christina has passed away, and we learn about her life. Her adolescence in Louisiana, where she found her passion as a photographer. Her relationship with Isaac Jefferson, a fisherman who she had a passionate affair with, and her ultimate departure for New York, leaving so much of what she built in Louisiana behind. About 30 years later, we pick up the story with Christina's daughter, May. That's Issa Rae. May is approached by a reporter named Michael. That's the Keith Stanfield. He's doing a story on Christina, Isaac, and much of the Gulf Coast world they grew up in. His first interest is purely professional, but soon love blooms and one story blends into the other. If I could say one thing about life, in 2020. It's that we all struggle with identity, whether we are in front of our family members or a person we are interested in romantically, a client or a boss. Who we choose to be from moment to moment seems to change possibly like never before. This film is no different. At times it's funny, at times it's introspective, at times it's sad, and at all times it is really, really sexy. Mm -hmm. So pop quiz hotshot. Okay. How do you identify this film? 
through all of its phases and all of its personalities, what one thing cuts through as the defining trait of Stella Maggie's new story? I don't think it's just one thing, though. What I thought of is romantic dramedy. Hmm. Okay. Because of the elements of, like you mentioned, there's romance in there, but there's drama, and there's, you know, a little bit of fun humor from some of the supportive Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not like laughs a minute, but it's funny. Yeah. More than anything, in terms of identity, this is a film about balance. Um, because along with the balance of all of those elements, mm-hmm. the sexiness, the funniness, the, the pain, sure. in, some, in some cases, um, we're presented with a film that balances both two different love stories mm-hmm. and has to find a way to pay them both off. Right. And in both of them, the characters are forced to find the balance. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it comes to Christ, uh, May and Michael. Right. They are, you know, they are they really are compass in this movie because they're living modern life and they're the most relatable their story. Mm-hmm. And they both have to find a way to decide who they want to be from moment to moment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. May has this moment early on about saying like how much she wants to show of herself as they start to date. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and Michael, he, he and his friends are always talking about like he puts himself way out there too fast and too too easy. Right. And it's crazy because nowadays you would think these are good things, mm-hmm. but there's all of this, you know, there's think pieces and there's books written about this and there's TV spots about how much you show of yourself, whether it's professionally or whether it's with your family. Right. You, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's about this search for balance. And mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that, that I really clung to is for both of the stories in terms of what they want versus mm-hmm. what's right in front of them and how they make peace with all that. It, this really, to me, felt like a movie about balance. Right, and I think it's also about balancing expectations, right? Because that's for both of the couples in in each of the stories, I find, that you have to balance what you expect of yourself versus what maybe your family or what others expect of you as well. And their, and their aspirations, too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, early on in this film, um, when we're paying attention to Christina and Isaac, she's the one asking him, don't you want more? Like, I mean, you know, he makes right. he, he makes his money, he's got a house, he's, mm-hmm. he can put food on the table, and, and for him and for a lot of people in this world, that's plenty. Right. And But mm-hmm. meanwhile, for her, she's like, I want to do something bigger. So do you push someone, or do you recognize that that is what they want? Yeah, but do you also recognize that if that's not enough for you, you have to walk away from that. Right, right. And, and how do you square that? Like, are you being mm-hmm. a mean person if you do that? Are you, are you not taking them as they are? Do you want, you know, are mm-hmm. you, are you, it's all of this stuff is in this movie. Right. Of all, the, mm-hmm. all these questions in this, right. in this nice little package. I didn't look up much about the film before mm-hmm. I went in to see it. Um, and it was the first where I actually went, not opening night, but close to like the next day. And, um, I kind of just do a scope of the audience as well so that I kind of know what I'm expecting or not. What was the audience like Um, for this movie? It was not that that many of us because I went to an earlier show, but 
Um, I did see mostly female (laughs) in the audience, which is fine. Uh, But I also did see some younger black women in the audience. And at the end, they actually clapped, which I thought was nice because I'm like, oh, okay, that I also feel good about this movie. So that's how I think of the film. It was a, a, a really good film. I aesthetically, I liked it a lot. Um, and we can talk about that as we continue. So I, yeah, I was kind of really surprised by how much I liked it. Filmmakers and studios very rarely talk to each other in terms of how a movie is marketed. Right. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll spend copious amounts of tweets on a trailer that looks weird. Right. And we don't always realize that the artists making the movie have nothing to do with how it is then sold. This movie is sold in a spotty manner, if not a full-on bad Mm -hmm. manner. Mm Because I've watched trailers for this movie and they Mm. don't make it look half as good as it is. So what drew me into this movie was its writer and director, Stella Maggi. I've seen two of her movies at TIFF Mm -hmm. um, over the last few festivals and enjoyed them both. And I'm like, okay, anytime she makes a story I go right and including this one so Uh now I've seen she's done four features I've seen three of them I've loved them all right anytime she makes a movie I go (laughs) so I'm the one getting pulled along by Stella Maggi Mm -hmm. meanwhile I'm watching clips of this movie and I'm thinking this does not look great. Right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it looks like something that should be on the Lifetime Network or, or, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I could like, see that yeah. for sure from the trailers. But yeah. it is much better than that. No, so same thing. My audience, I saw it in like an afternoon. So I think it was like me and seven people. Right. Uh, okay. So it was, it was a very, <laughs> yeah. I was the only person laughing. Okay, um, interesting. Yeah. I've been that person too. Yeah, and I, yeah. My, my laugh carries too. So I, I <laughs> kind of feel like it's like that scene in Cape Fear. Yeah. Um, but I... Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, it was, as I said earlier, it was a lot more introspective than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. It's handsome as hell, yeah, and um, and 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 yeah, it leaves a lot to think about. Um, but if nothing else, it's it's two amazing performances at its core, with Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield. Mm-hmm. You must have enjoyed the shit out of both of them. I love watching them on screen, right? Individually, but together, I like just give me more yeah um, but I also like the younger like the parents the actress who played uh, the parents I think it's uh, Christina is played by Shante Adam yes and Ilan Noel uh, Il- yeah I was gonna say is Il- it Ilan or? I-, I said I said yeah I think it's I think it's Ilan um, okay. I've seen him I know him most he was also in um, one, one of, of Stella other Maggie's films. other movies mm-hmm. she, like he was also in The Weeknd yes yeah. and um, I know him of course from Insecure as well right. he had a pretty big part of that Shantae Adams I'm sure I've seen her in something I felt the same way I know like her face looks familiar but I couldn't place her and I haven't had the chance to look at her um, bio but I, I really did just like seeing um, them on the screen you're watching two very different dynamics for sure play out right mm-hmm. one I mean just in terms of two different cultures as well mm-hmm. like one's in very kind of working class louisiana the other one's in let's say very comfortable New yeah York. Definitely. Not, you know they're they both these people might not be making a whole lot of money right but they're moving around some pretty pretty cush neighborhoods of new york oh for sure um isa ray i know she came up as a comedian mm. um that woman can act Mm-hmm. Um, watching her in this movie and watching her put so much on her face, so much under her posture, um, in terms of both the uncertainty of some things, the 
grief, like she's she's dealing with the loss of her mother right. mm -hmm. and discovering who her mother was, um, and the the joy of somebody new. She packages that all so well. Mm -hmm. I prefer her quiet moments more than when she's got more lines to say. But that's <laughs> really? just yeah. I think it's just because I like I like her mannerisms. I like her the way she kind of positions herself in the scene mm -hmm. and I find that very like very strong okay um there were parts in the film where I actually thought her delivering of lines was for me I disconnected just for a second but okay. I mean I was fine because everything else around her was fine okay and then Lakeith also balances those performances when they're together really well mm -hmm. um but I just like watching her move if that makes any well, sense well you're reminding me of there's scenes early on in this movie where it's um it's a film premiere at her gallery oh, and, yes. and she often has to look across mm -hmm. at Michael from quite a distance right and she's got to put a lot of it in her posture mm -hmm. and in her face because right. she's not talking to him mm -hmm. she's having you know that's that moment we've had we've all had that moment of being right. in the crowd mm -hmm. of seeing somebody who we want to go talk to for but sure we can't like excuse me and, and right. like, walk away exactly. from our conversation but a lot but she speaks a lot with her eyes yes. and I think that's also what I find really yeah yeah really... definitely and I mean if people haven't latched on to Lakeith Stanfield by now. I, I don't know what I can do for you. I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, you know, like go back to go back to last year and watch him be the, the calm center in the middle of Knives Out. Right. Watch Atlanta, you know, watch his like very brief little moment in, um, in Get Out. Oh, he's great. Again, another person that I like seeing on screen quite a bit. And uh, I like how his range varies as well in terms of tone. Yeah. When he's on screen, he, he can go from very charming to shy guy in like a quick take kind yeah. of a thing. And I, I really liked him in this character. He finds the core of this character quite nicely because mm -hmm. he's... He's following the story where it goes. Right. Right? Like, he's very much, he's, he's very much into May uh, and, and that relationship and, and where that might lead. Mm -hmm. But it's still a puzzle that he's trying to solve. And, mm -hmm. and it's not, the, the whole drama of both May and, um, and Christina is all happening just while he watches. Right. So he kind of knows when to hang back mm -hmm. and, and let the story unfold and when to really take the wheel. Right, which I think is different given his MO, according to his brother, that he normally just jumps, you know, head first or, yeah. or self-sabotages self relationships. So mm -hmm. I, it seems like this is the one time where he's maybe, like you said, just more going with the flow. Which and, is funny because he's yeah. still moving quick. Right. Oh, for sure. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's depending who you're talking to, for sure. You know, he's just really charming in this film. He, I it, find it knows. You know, maybe I don't know if it's something in terms of the capture or the story or the or the the marriage of the two, but it knows. Mm. It really knows how to use all of the talent in front of it right. to to mm -hmm. the best effect. Mm -hmm. um, this one thing I dug about this, and maybe you notice this. This is a really tactile movie. Mm -hmm. Like every room, every set, every shot, it it feels very, very physical. Right. Um, did that was that kind of one of the allures for you in terms of both the Louisiana scenes and the New York scenes of what they all mm. look like and how they feel yeah. so lived in? Yeah, definitely. That's one of the one of the first things. But the very, very first thing that drew me in was the first few minutes was the music. Mm. 
Please so, talk about that. Um, I mean, I'm not going to remember all the artists that are showcased, but it was just, it set the tone for where the film would go. And I don't find that with every film, that the music will be the first thing that will attract my attention. Preach. So, um, yeah, like I sat there and I actually was feeling like, oh, this is, this is going to be good. I like where this music is taking me. And then I saw, you know, the wonderful set design and the color, like the palettes that they would use, mm -hmm. depending on where we were at. So you see the cool tones in New York sometimes, and then you see the vibrancy of Louisiana, and even in the wardrobe as well. Right. So, um, yeah, I like the fact that it is textured, but not just, and not just tactile, it's textured because of sound and visuals okay so it's called the photograph right. and there is a photograph <laughs> yes which we should I, talk about that <laughs> well no but i mean here's like right. it's it's the crazy thing is we're very quickly hurtling towards a world where that is not going to be a thing oh right you sure. know that, that like a physical photograph mm -hmm. is going is very very quickly going away mm -hmm. um we may be the last generation that has these things. Yeah, um, that's true. So to come across it and to look at it, you know, the idiot that I am who grew up studying photography, I actually like had a nitpick about oh, the photograph. Oh, sure. Um, sure. Because do like, tell. Well, okay. The photograph <laughs> that's at the core of this, right. first of all, it's it's a gorgeous photograph. Mm -hmm. I do love it. It's 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 really well done. But when you see it captured, mm -hmm. the person who captures the photograph holds the camera horizontally yeah and when we see the photograph it's, it's a vertical, vertical photo I know. so I'm like all right well maybe they cropped but, yeah, I know, uh, I know. but back to your point about the music <laughs> <laughs> that's okay no please yeah. um i mean there's a movie that starts it opens with anderson pack mm -hmm. right who is a very specific type of hip-hop and right. really like you say sets the tone for this kind of story and then wanders around everyone from her to Al Green mm -hmm. to Erica Badu. Uh, there's some Whitney in this in the middle all right. of it all. Yeah, that's uh, true. There's Anita Baker. Um, is there Luther Vandross? Because I feel like there was a Luther. I'm pretty sure. I mean, there's Patti LaBelle, so that's right. usually yeah. that's usually a yeah. Start. We know where we're going if they're there. Yeah. They're iconic. Um, mm -hmm. We're in a weird little place with soundtracks where mm -hmm. a lot of the soundtracks for big movies are just they got unlimited budget and they just pulled together every little song that they could think sure. of. Mm -hmm. This is something, I don't know who supervised the soundtrack, but they really had a very specific vibe right. in mind. Right. You know, mm -hmm. It's weird, kind of again, talking about the difference of tactile nature. Mm -hmm. um, now that everybody can create a Spotify playlist, mm -hmm. and it's just infinite time and infinite tracks, right. it's easy, and it doesn't always really work. This is one where I can tell somebody paid really careful attention to the tone of music they wanted right when they wanted to use it mm -hmm. like forget about era appropriate because we're talking about an 80 story and a you know 20 teen story right from moment to moment mm -hmm. like there's times where these these characters are you know having sexy times and there's mm -hmm. moments where they're having real soulful introspection times and right you can't mix those up otherwise you're going to get a very confused movie mm -hmm. so yeah, good call. Yeah. I, I love anytime somebody talks about the soundtrack, I'm like, yeah, let's talk about that. Mm -hmm, um, for sure. And, you know, I mean, yeah, it's kind of easy to say when two characters get together, you put on Al Green. It's not always a stereotypical sex scene, but it's, I think it was handled quite tastefully in this film. It may not be what other people want to see, but it kind of works really well 
with the tone of the film in terms of it. <laughs> in terms of the sex scenes and, and all of the scenes of just attraction, could you see a difference of this film being directed by a woman? I think sometimes the position of camera. Okay. Um, Our friend Petula Neal mm-hmm. has mentioned that before. Right. She said that when it comes to a film directed by a woman, the, the camera seems to be closer to eye level. Um, as opposed to looking down. Right. Um, So that was something that, like... I think so. I think so. Um, I think it's also that you see... The close-ups sometimes are different, too. Okay. Right? How so? Um, It's just the way they handle the... It's it's the eyes, as you mentioned. It's the gaze. Those moments where you... Like you mentioned, when they're in that gallery space. They're still sexy in there. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of long glances and you know a bit of a smirk so it's just the way they handle um those shots that i think sometimes is different um and then in terms of any of the sex scenes i think it's also um maybe not as rushed yeah yeah i think that's the only way i can explain it that's one thing i've seen and i've i've noticed it's it's more about the details like it's less Mm. about the naughty bits right and it's and it's not to say that any uh romance or sex scene shot by a woman specifically goes away from the naughty Mm -hmm. bits i mean you know sometimes that's what you want right but it's also about like the sensuality of a back Mm -hmm. or arms or legs or you know like there's there's things that men and women are drawn to and maybe don't articulate but mm-hmm. it's something that's just kind of skimmed past where like you're saying right. it's not as rushed mm-hmm. so we linger on the back we right. linger mm-hmm. on the hands those mm-hmm. kinds of things and just kind of build it up a little bit more right right so oh, mm-hmm. very cool and, and actually that was going to be my next question is the female gaze of of this movie right. um it's i'm digging it uh, I, I've been, you know, mm-hmm. I've been deliberately chasing more films made by women, and that is one thing I'm noticing, and right. it's refreshing. Um, it it it's it's strange because on the one hand, like we should be past a point where we talk about a male gaze and a female sure. gaze, mm-hmm. but it, I can't deny that I see it. It's still there, obviously. I think we're not at a point where we can just forget that it's that exists, right? No. So, I agree. I think it's. Um, what I appreciate is the way that uh, moments are framed in okay. films. Okay. Um, just from what we just talked about in terms of, you know, um, close-ups or lingering on moments or lingering on specific aspects of a scene are sometimes different. I really liked, um, there's a few, but I really liked when um, Michael goes to um, May's place and there's the rain. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the Al Green yeah. um, scene. And I just liked when she's just sort of, what do you mean you're not going to dance? And she's dancing <laughs> and, you know, and it's like, it's so relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those scenes are captured a little bit more naturally. At least that's how I feel about it, that I've been there, yeah. you know, or you've had moments when somebody's shy and they're asking you to do something. Like it's, um, I think it's just the energy around those sort of scenes that are a little bit different. This movie is, it, it has a, it has a patience that I really like. Like mm-hmm. every time one of these characters is confronted with not knowing what to do next. Whether it's like Christina thinking mm-hmm. about whether or not she wants to leave when she has to 
decide who she tells her her various secrets to. Oh, right. Um, you know, uh, whether it's May and Michael deciding how much of themselves they want to throw into this relationship. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of times where somebody has to, and I mean, it's kind of funny that I say it this way and actually think about it as I'm saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, c- I don't feel like there's a script. There's a moment where I can actually see them thinking about what they want to do next. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, mm-hmm. this movie, it gives all of these characters a chance to weigh their decisions and put mm-hmm. it into their posture and onto their face and into right. their words and not just jump to the next line of the script, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. you don't see in, in movies like this a lot of right. the time. Or in films that are tagged romantic or... Yeah. Right? Yeah. they're I mean, usually yeah. sold in a different way, I find. Yeah. So... And I think that's going back to your comment about the trailers where maybe the audience may show up with a set of expectations and then it's not necessarily what they Yeah, think I mean, this is not, this film is not like, you know, kisses and schmeckin' every 10 seconds, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, it is a really hot movie. Like if somebody decided mm-hmm. that this was going to be their date, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it would work. It would work. Totally, it would work. I would. Yeah, yeah I'd be surprised like, if it didn't. But yeah, okay. you're, you're in for you're in for a good time, right? Um, <laughs> the look of this movie, beyond just the female gaze, the look of this movie is incredible, right? Um, I know that Stella Maggie talked about how she wanted a certain aesthetic, mm-hmm. um, and how that was everything from. You know, the, the 80s scenes look a little right. yellower and mm-hmm. a little browner and a little bit more air appropriate. Um, the New York scenes. You enjoy you enjoy all sorts of things like arts and culture and visual arts. You right. must have had a field day with the yeah, look of this film. Yeah, for sure. I do. I appreciate the cinematography aspect of, thing, of films. I think the cinematography was appropriate for the title of the film because it did make me feel like I was looking that a lot of the look or the film could work as still photography. Maybe you want to pick up my camera. That's for so, damn sure. Right? And <laughs> and I was going to ask you about that because you do know photography and um, you probably also bring that into your experience when you're watching the film. I get nerdy about that kind of thing. Well, yeah, I, but that too. <laughs> you know, but, that too. But, but you appreciate the aesthetic of it I, I appreciate well. a lot of films. I mean, the, the one thing I will say is while I do appreciate my, my big glossy action films like John Wick and like Avengers mm-hmm. and all those kinds of movies, they're not always paying as much attention to the, the visual style of them. Right. Um, oddly enough, the one that had a little bit of extra flair uh, was Solo. Um, oh, okay. That was directed that um, Bradford Young mm-hmm. was the was the person who who actually did the work on it, and a lot of those moments, especially the moments around um, Donald Glover, right? There was a little bit of extra um, intent, okay, in terms of the right. look. This one, every shot, oh, every is completely intense. But I think it's just from the start. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, and I and I do agree that it, it is from the very first few seconds of the film that you start to think, okay, so this is going to be a, a different film from what I came in thinking it was going mean, to be, that, too. That is one of the keys of why this is not a Lifetime movie, a Lifetime oh, Network right. movie, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of those Lifetime Network movies, they look very flat. They're, they're, they're kind mm-hmm. of, they're just cranked out right, and, yeah. you know, move scene to scene to scene to scene and away we go. This one, there is a lot of craft in it, and I'm, I should not be surprised because all of Stella Maggie's films that I've seen mm-hmm. have looked so handsome. Right. This might be the most handsome of them all. Okay, yeah. And certainly does serve it. But yeah, when when yeah. I set it up for us to talk about it, 
I'm like, this could, you could go to one of your gallery events, Mm -hmm. go straight into this movie and the night would be seamless. Right. Uh, Yeah, exactly. And I think part of the reason it's seamless too is because going back to the textured comment, comment that you talked about, the furniture is also laid out so in a way that you're like, you know, I could totally see this character living in this place. Yeah, whether um, it's the upscale characters oh, or the sure. working class yeah, characters. Yeah, for sure. I think either of the settings, whether it's New York or Louisiana, it works really well. Um, so it does, the visuals do transport you to mm-hmm. those, to those. I guess, the lives of these characters. It's little yeah. touches, right? right? Like it's it's the same way that when we, when we get to that actual photograph being taken, mm-hmm. that she's playing solitaire oh, at right. the table. Like, first of all, how often do you see that anymore? True. For starters. Yeah. And with that kind of thing, with the deck of cards being your entertainment, you realize, okay, this, these are people who their means are only so much. So True. yeah. So if mm-hmm. you're just sitting at the kitchen table killing time, yeah. you're going to, you're going to have something like a deck of cards nearby to, to do something like that. And it's a really great little shorthand mm-hmm. to underline the kind of lives they're living. Like, I mean, we're not talking about characters back in the sixties or fifties or forties. Yeah. We're talking about like, Characters that are, this is in our lifetime. You right. Know, you, you know, without, you know, you talked about seeing E.T. as a child. Yeah, exactly. Okay? That, that, that is around happening. that time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably around that so, time. So, I mean, yeah. there's TV, mm-hmm. you know, there's movies, there's mm. radio, there's things to do. It's not like if they didn't have a deck of cards, they'd have nothing to do, but right. it's the kind of life where they don't necessarily watch TV. So, how can we put that into right. this story? Well, have her playing solitaire mm-hmm. at a little kind of, ramshackle kitchen table right and we can it's it's touches like that that i love about this movie Mm -hmm. um we are we are dancing around something and that 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 is that there is a turn i don't even want to call it a twist because it's really not right there's a turn in this story Mm -hmm. and inside of 10 minutes most of the audience can see this turn coming i think i figured it out fairly early in the film that the turn was what the turn would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually stopped thinking about it because yeah. I was just so captivated by what was happening on screen that I said, okay, well, you know, yeah, I just want to see where it's going to go. I think that's the mark of a good story is when mm. it can really kind of show its hand very early. And seriously, if people don't like, I'm if not trying can't. to, I'm not trying to belittle anybody's intelligence, <laughs> right, right. but if you can't see where this movie's going to go inside right. of 10 minutes, you ain't paying attention. Mm-hmm. You, you go with it, you know where it's going, but you're, right. you, it, yeah. you're going along with the ride. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, what I enjoyed was it wasn't about that. It wasn't about that grand revelation. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't even that grand of a revelation. Mm-hmm. But like all of the other details of this movie in terms of her deciding if she wants to go to New York and be a photographer or if she wants to stay in Louisiana with this man. Right. In terms of Michael and May, like Michael gets this great job in London. And right. does he go or does he stay with this person who's, mm-hmm. who he's falling for? Um, it's what do you do once you have the information? Right. And that's what this this movie is all about is it fi- when it finally gets to the point that we all know it's getting to, it still has to decide what it wants to do mm-hmm. with that information. That's right. not the end of the movie. There's still a good little 20, 30 minutes yeah, to I would go say so. mm-hmm. at that point because our characters have to still reconcile what next. Exactly. So I think this is where the stories are parallel to each other and somehow it has to reconcile in a way. It doesn't have to be like, you know, all, you know, 
lollipops and rainbows at the no. end. It's just where, what's going to happen, what is life going to be for these two people that are still present. Well, I mean, all of these people, because mm-hmm. we're, we're at the end of the movie, we come yeah, back to, you know, we, we come back to um, Isaac as a much older man. True. And True. he's in a different place at the end of this movie than mm-hmm. he was at the beginning. And what I like about it is it doesn't tie off any of this it doesn't tie off may and michael it mm-hmm. doesn't tie off isaac um and 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 his now role in all of this it doesn't mm-hmm. tie off may's uh relationship with her father played by courtney vance for some reason yes that was yeah. the only thing that i found a little weird because i'm like mm. okay i i know how old you are <laughs> <laughs> right is, i mean I, I appreciate that in an age where everybody's like aging up and aging down right, visually. right. i like to just put an actor in there and put some makeup on him and head play old right um but yeah it doesn't it, it's it's still leaving us with like this story is just kind of stopping it's not ending it's right. like these characters are all gonna have lives to lead and yeah. you could make at least one more movie out of all this mm-hmm. i don't want to say mess but everything that that's left on the table at the end Mm -hmm. i don't know about you i liked that oh i'm okay with that i definitely don't need to be everything to be spelled out or resolved yeah um i think that's also part of why sometimes some movies just stay with you because you can also kind of make up your own assumptions or where the story could go Mm -hmm. right so i played the review recently and somebody had a bit of a concern as to some details being omitted, like not being really spelled out oh, about the okay. plot. And I thought, well, you know, I'm okay with that. Huh. But I can understand also maybe different audiences want to have everything kind of resolved, spelled out. Mm. Why did this happen? Why did it not happen? And I think it's also not being able to sit with uncomfortable moments, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, so, and that's, I, I, I appreciate that, actually, because mm-hmm. I appreciate that the movie... Um, that, that it's it's different things for different people. Like, there are some people who are going to want to go into this and want everything to be tied off. Right. Um, it's not Knives Out, people. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I mean? Right. As much right. as that's another movie that, that shows its head very early. Oh, for sure. It's not, it's not the kind of film where everything's going to be tied off with a bow. Mm-hmm. So if that is the kind of story you want, you might not like this movie. You might want yeah. a little bit more resolution than this movie offers. Right. Um, even though... I got to admit, like, where this movie left off for me, like, it still had quite a bit of resolution um, Mm -hmm. where, you know, I don't want to give away where the final scene of this movie happens or how it happens. I will say I enjoyed the heck out of that because that's a good move. Right, (laughs) right. But, yeah, it it doesn't completely tie off every character's narrative Mm -hmm. because... I mean that's life you know yeah, your, your story sure. like, like we said your story does change mm-hmm. from moment to moment depending on who you're you're talking to right the other thing i wanted to talk about with this movie is there is a theme of regret mm-hmm. right and maybe that maybe that is why the the person you mentioned didn't like that there were a few things left off maybe. because i think that's one of the things the movie wants to leave us with is in all of these moments whether you choose Mm-hmm. Path, the path to the left or the path to the right, right. you're going to be left with some sort of regret sure. of which path you didn't choose. Mm-hmm. Um, and the movie, I think, handles it in a really mature way. Or maybe... Or right. Maybe. Well, yeah, no, I see your point. I think it's also... I mean, everyday people are faced with choices, right? And decisions to make. And 
um, some days are better than others. And I think that's also where you're going with this commentary that some days are just regret, like you just regret what happened hours ago or, yeah. you know, two weeks ago. Um, but at least they don't make it too melodramatic in this film or too over the top, perhaps, no. or yeah, which is, which is nice, yeah, right? Yeah, it 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 gives us it paints with that brush, but it doesn't. It's it's a it's not too broad mm-hmm. of a brush, right? Like it's 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 in a lot of what they talk about um, in terms of like the relationships that they didn't pursue yeah. mm-hmm. or the life choices that they didn't make mm-hmm. or, you know, in the past, you know, in the past I was with this girl and I came on too strong and right. yada, right. yada, 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 you know, it's, it's there, but it doesn't, it's, it's not what's driving the engine. Like the, what's driving the engine seems to be, I still have to carry on. Right. I can think about these regrets and I can try to minimize them, but mm-hmm. I can't let them stop me. Right. Yeah, and I think it's just um, gives it a bit of a f- sort of relatable factor, if you will, because sometimes I've had conversations like that with oh, friends sure. where, you know, we're kind of just saying, oh, why didn't I just do this? Or why didn't I just say that? And that really how it happens. You do feel regret, but it's not something that lingers and stays with you for a long time. Like a photograph. Right, like a photograph. <laughs> oh, it all comes back to a oh, photograph. Man. The poor um, photograph. <laughs> I mean, right. you know, like, at the end of the day, I, I, like, I do feel like there are, there are a couple little, like, threads about this movie that hold it back from being a perfect film. Sure. Right? And, and, and that's the thing, is that I think if we're talking here, we're not talking about this as one of the best movies of the year, mm-hmm, and there mm-hmm. are things that if we had a go of it, we may change, mm-hmm. but... All the same, I think when you step back and you look at the whole picture, it's a really good picture. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. We end every review here on the Matinee Cast with a souvenir, something tangible or intangible. If you could take away from this movie and keep, you would. Okay. Uh, Heidi Morales, there's a lot in this movie. Oh, my God. so many wonderful things. Mm, Okay. If you could uh, browse around and go shopping in this movie, what would you take? I would take two things. One mm. is tangible, which is the record player. Okay, it's a cool record player. It's a player. really cool record player. I, like, <laughs> right. I grew up with vinyl, too, mm. so it's also... Okay. Um, non-tangible, it's a scene that really I really, really loved, which is when Christina and Isaac, the younger, obviously, the younger yeah. actors, are in their, the makeshift darkroom. Oh, yeah. And... I don't know if he built it for her. I don't remember. I think he did. But it's a scene when there, she had taken the photograph of him, and I think he sees it for the first time, and then they just kiss. Yeah. There was just something about that setup. And then there's a repeat of that scene. So it's, I guess it's two scenes um, mm-hmm. with May and Michael. Mm-hmm. And it's in an afternoon, and there's cracks in the walls. Yeah. And it's just the way the light is hitting them, that that's sort of my takeaway. So those two scenes for sure. Okay, that's th- those are those are great scenes. Um, you know, I, I I may have had a memory or two of being a, a younger man in a dark room uh, <laughs> when I saw when I saw those. Right, right, um, right. So okay. yeah, so thank you, Stella Maggie, for taking me back. Right. Um, I my souvenir is both couples go to the same club mm-hmm. in New Orleans and. Right. I don't know where this place is. I wow. wager it must exist because I don't think it was just built for this this thing. But I want to go there because it looks like it's got 
the best liquor and the best music. Right. And it just looks so cool and mm-hmm. so sexy. Uh, it, it's it's just, it's like a house almost. Like it's, it's, I think it's, so. You know? And there's a name. There's I think you see the name somewhere in the film. I don't remember. Yeah. Now. You walk that down looks the corridor like a house. and you walk up some steps. Everybody making their entrance looks really hot. Of course. You know, I, I want to go to, I got to go to this place. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to sit at the bar beside them. Yeah. Just, listening to, listening yeah. to that jazz cornet guy play right. the song that right. I did not know, but I'm like, that's a, I want to be either with either one of them. Like, I, I love that they mirror, you know, in both moments, like your moment yeah. was something that they mirrored for both couples. My right. moment was one that they mirrored for both couples. Mm-hmm. I like that that happens. Yeah. You know, and it, it's obviously, it's very deliberate within this movie, but I like just, and they, general, they both work. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We rate here on the Matinee Cast on a scale of one to four stars. Heidi Morales, what do you give Stella Maggie's photograph on a scale of one to four? A three and a half. Okay. I give it a three. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, again, really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll probably ratchet up in, in rewatches. Um, uh, and, and I love it. I want more people to see this movie. Right. I will, I'm still deeply deeply in the tank for anything Stella Maggie makes um, we'll talk about that in a minute right. but um, hey maybe you maybe you listeners that uh, you think we're both crazy we're being way too easy on this movie uh, or maybe we're being too hard on it you think it's a modern masterpiece let me know Ryan at matinee.ca Twitter Ryan matinee underscore CA or facebook.com slash dark matinee what do you think of the photograph we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this to talk about some more movies She's Heidi. I'm Ryan. It's Matinee Cast 242. We've been talking about the photograph um, and, uh, you know, a movie that we both enjoyed. But uh, there's other movies of its ilk that if you wanted to, uh, you know, go on a little cinematic journey after you come away from a movie, these are some journeys you could take. You get us going. Where did your brain go to coming away from the photograph? Or what, what, what's another movie that you thought to go on to after that film? Uh, I actually thought of In the Mood for Love by Wong Kar Wai. Oh, you are bloody genius. Uh, tell but people, that's also a personal favorite, so that's Tell people easy. about this. Well, I know what you're talking about, like how you can steer the conversation to the films you dig, but tell people about this movie. I fear in some circles it's becoming slightly forgotten, and that's You think? Oh, that's um, too bad, yeah. But tell people about this movie. So the film is by uh, director Wong Kar Wai, and it stars two beautiful people as well, Tony Leung and uh, Maggie Cheung. And um, it's basically set in Hong Kong in the 60s, and it's not really a romantic comedy or a dramedy. It's sort of this unrequited love story. (laughs) And I really thought of that film because I also felt similarly as the photograph with the music and the um the look and feel of the film okay and uh, the fact that it's also based around moments yes yes okay okay so i think that's also primarily for aesthetic reasons you know we're talking about a movie that is handsome at every turn sure in the mood for love might be one of the most gorgeous movies i have ever ever seen i do not smoke 
but man, did that movie make me want to take up sure. smoking. It was sure. like that movie, you know, you yeah. take, I always think about how Mad Men made smoking look sexy. Oh, sure, yeah. This takes it all, it's like a whole other Yeah, there's level. a few films like that for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a movie where you find yourself staring at the wallpaper mm-hmm. in a good way. Right. Um, it's a movie of handsome suits and gorgeous dresses right and again kind of like the photograph very lived in spaces right this, these yeah. apartments that that yeah. serve as the setting for most of these movies mm-hmm. they're not high-end apartments they're very mm-hmm. working class apartments like i'm in, like maggie is in she's in a room to let yeah yeah they're in like yeah they're like in rental places yeah, i yeah. think yeah. Um, so yeah, so she every time she wants to come in or out of her place, she has to like pass by a game of mahjong. Yes, <laughs> being yeah. being con- exactly. continuously played by yeah. her host. Um, yeah. And again, it's a movie about choices and regrets, and mm-hmm. you know, who like love and where that can go right and where that can go wrong. And yeah. that's a good movie. Um, I think I'm gonna have to rewatch that. Yeah, very very soon. Yeah. Um, I recommend the Criterion. Yes. Yeah. I. I <laughs> I, I recommend, yeah, it. as well. Man, yeah. I think you just won this whole this whole thing uh, in one move. I didn't realize we were playing. Well, I, I didn't realize we were, we're playing either. We're competing. I, I didn't realize we were competing either until I just lost. Um, well, so my no. movie, um, I feel like I brought this up on the on the podcast before, but I can't remember for sure. So if I have, dear listener, mm-hmm. please permit me. But it's a movie I feel like. Um, is bears repeating. Um, you know, I mentioned coming to this movie for Stella Maggie, the director. Yeah. Um, of all of the films I've seen by her right now, I would venture the best of her movies is the last one before this. Uh, sorry, it was, was two before this called The Weekend yeah. from 2018 starring Sashir Zameda mm-hmm. of this bed and breakfast out in like pastoral countryside right. where two couples happen to be at the same bed and breakfast at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, th- that movie is also gorgeous. Yeah, there's orange groves mm-hmm. surrounding this this uh, this farm that serve as the setting. There, there's again just like handsome rooms. It's kind of like it's it's strange because it's kind of like either a Noah Baumbach film or a Woody Allen film. But, oh yeah, I you can know, see that with black right? people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Chelsea <laughs> Priest. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like oh, this right. is a thing. Right, and. It's so well written. It's, it's so, really good. Oh, there, there are lines in the weekend that I would give my right arm to have <laughs> written. You know, like that right. might be my answer for a film I'd wish I'd made. Um, oh, there yeah, you go. Oh, yeah. nice. And again, it's 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 that one's really funny, mm-hmm. really sexy, and right. again, really handsome. And I think you know, again, I like finding out about new filmmakers. So for sure, the last yeah. several years of finding out about Stella Maggie's stories mm-hmm. has been just hugely rewarding. And every time she makes a movie yeah. based on movies like The Weekend. And yeah. I didn't mention Gina the Joneses, which right. was her first feature. Yeah. Um, and which did really well too. When, I think it was here at TIFF yes. as well, no? Yes, it yeah. did. Yeah. And I think that one, a lot of that one was actually shot in Toronto. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember York, friends talking say. about that. Yeah. That's a good one. Well, no, I've got one that I know you enjoy. Yes. Um, I also thought about Love and Basketball. Yeah, love that movie. Uh, tell people about that movie because that's another. That's oh one God. I really feel like people have forgotten about. It's Omar X. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Ah, uh, yes. My high school crush. <laughs> uh, oh, movie boy. from two thousand. That one's directed oh by Gina God, Prince Blythewood. Mm-hmm. Um, two college basketball players who 
who fall for each other and they've you know they're in a different place because they've got a yeah. they're they're navigating their feelings for each other while their respective careers are on the rise right right um but i like i i, I like that in both that movie and movies like both the weekend and the photograph um it's movies about people of color right. it's not about any kind of like class struggle it's not about um you know the the journey out of slave slavery sure. it's just it's a modern story that yeah. could be about any type of race sexual orientation you name it it's just right. this one okay it's, it's about people of color yeah and they just happen to have yeah. basketball in common as well right? yeah just, yeah yeah um you know because i feel like sometimes it's it's the driving engine of the story it's like mm -hmm. okay well it's got to be a black movie so right. we have to have Something. tones of struggle right. or whatever it's like it's right, no right. it's just these are people who have stories who bring different things to the stories mm -hmm. but aren't represented as much on the screen so it's like just tell a story about what's going on here yeah and it's refreshing to see right because yeah. that is also everyday life it in, is in a and, lot and, of households so. yeah and i and i i appreciate this one a lot because along with the fact that again it's you know, you mentioned Omar Epps, and I say, okay, and, you know, it's also got Sana Laban. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, it's it's two, like, really, really sexy people sure. having having yeah. their moments in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's been a minute yeah. since I've seen it, but I do remember. Yeah, really I watch. I think I did see that at the, at the cinema with my bestie. When it first came out? Yeah, I think so. I, I feel like it would make yeah. a nice a nice double feature. Uh, I don't know how well. Oh, yeah, I think it would. You know, yeah. I, I remember its soundtrack was really good as well. Soundtrack is good. So You're right. You're right. Um, and I got one more. Um, okay, okay. So I was trying to think of another film set in Louisiana because... Oh, okay, that's good. So this is, you know, when we talk about uh, the photograph, we talk about a film set in Louisiana, but it doesn't really play up the usual New Orleans tropes. Oh, yeah. Like, it doesn't play up Cajun culture. It doesn't right, play right. up mm -hmm. jazz. Doesn't. It, I think if that club is in the French Quarter, they don't make a big deal of it. No, it's just another place to go. Yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah. it's, it's a more lived-in version mm -hmm. of New Orleans. So I was trying to think of other films that are set in Louisiana, and I came to uh, Wild at Heart. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and I, I, that yeah. one also came to mind because it was um, Laura Dern two weeks ago at the Oscars. Yes. Uh, you know, with, well deserved. Yeah, with, uh, you know, with her mom. Right. There, because they're they're both. Yeah. Her her mom mm -hmm. plays her mom in yeah. this movie. Mm -hmm. Wild at Heart is nuts. Wild at Heart yeah. is a weird, wild movie where Nicolas Cage's jacket is a plot point. <laughs> right. That, <laughs> that is mentioned several mm -hmm. times. It like, in terms of tone, it's very different than. Um, oh than yeah, for sure, for sure. So it would be a wild double feature if I if I was hosting this. But I but I still think it's it's worth doing. That's true. Um, I uh, but I love. I, I, it's it's a David Lynch movie that kind of knows when to say when. Right. And is it's funny and cool and sexy in a totally different way. Very much so. But it's probably one of the more accessible Lynch films too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, I don't mean that as a disregard or disrespect or anything else. Mm -hmm. it's just Or anybody. But it's just, you could just go with the ride and, yeah. you know, not I mean, be too like, no, I'll, listen. I'll say it. That man is weird. Yeah, okay. and sometimes you, I'm of the, I'm of the type that will be like, my brain is just going deep into this, yeah. and I'm now thinking way too much about the film yeah. or 
with some of the Lynch films, right? Yeah. So this one for sure. But this is a yeah. film that uses its settings really well. Yeah. This is a film that, again, it's it's also got the um, the mother-daughter relationship. And exactly. The, and its course, mm-hmm. and that goes nicely with the photograph. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, when I bring up Wild at Heart, I always come back to the same story, and I need to tell it now. Um, <laughs> I saw this film for the first time at the Lightbox several years ago. Right. And in, in a packed screening. Oh, okay. And I, and I was sitting on, like, the second row from the back, mm-hmm. and I was sitting next to... Um, our friend of the show, Paolo, was sitting next yes, to me. Yes, yes. So halfway through this movie, there is a sex scene between, a lengthy sex scene right. between Laura Dern and Nicolas Cage. And when things have calmed and they're having their little pillow talk and she's like, she want, she's laying face down, he's mm-hmm. laying face up, she's just kind of like stroking his chest or whatever. Mm-hmm. The first words out of her mouth are, you remind me of my dad. <laughs> Paolo sitting next to me says at this volume, what? <laughs> and the whole theater just, just busted up laughing. <laughs> so I will never even say the words wild at heart without thinking of that, of that what particular moment. And that entire theater laughing. <laughs> that's that a great moment. memory though. It's incredible. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I do love because you don't get that just watching it at home. Now that's so true. Ironically, this plane tonight at the Royal. Wild at wild heart. heart. Yeah. Oh, I, Maybe I should go. You should go. <laughs> Let's see what Paulo's doing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but he has to be right beside has to you. Be, yes, in the back. Yes. Yes, in the back. Oh, uh, thank you so much for that. That is episode 242 of the Matinee Cast. I'm so thankful to Heidi for coming by. Come on back on Monday, March the 9th for episode 243. I'm not sure quite what we'll be discussing yet. I'm open to suggestions. Um, might be discussing Emma. I don't know. Um, Heidi, though, can be found at highmusings.ca. Do you have anything coming up? this week that people can look forward to? Um, we know you're, uh, not, you're, not, you're not writing about Hamilton yet. I'm not writing about Hamilton yet. I will probably share some thoughts on a play that's op- that's opened just recently called um, Lady Sunrise at the Factory Theater. So okay. we'll see. So we'll look for that. Yeah, we'll look and if people, that. Want to you, if people want to follow you on Twitter and uh, certainly get a dose of your lunchtime visuals, because I love those, <laughs> uh, where can people find you? Um, so Twitter is Heidi Mo. Uh, my site is matinee.ca for more audio content you can find back episodes by going to the matinee.ca slash podcasting you can also find them on Spotify Pocket Cast, Stitcher Radio Apple's music app and podcast app anywhere you find podcasts my podcast is there and if not let me know I'll put it there uh, feedback on the photograph or any of the movies we talked about today can be uh, left at ryan at the matinee.ca that's the email uh, twitter I am matinee underscore ca or facebook.com slash dark matinee any final thoughts Miss Morales? No, it was really fun. Nice. Thank you. All right. Well, for Heidi, I'm Ryan. We'll see you at the matinee.